if yeah. I've had strangers walk up and say, Hey, are you uh, Craig Douglas? Are you the shift works guy? Blind? Yeah. It's a thing. Has it ever happened in a bordello in San Francisco? It has not. Oh, well, <laughs> it has not. But I'm not sure I'd want to be in a San Francisco bordello these days. Maybe like a hundred years ago, that'd be cool. You know, yeah. old rush town, but I don't know about now, man. Now, yeah. now you don't know what you're getting. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, you know, with all that, uh, yeah. you know, ambiguity. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Then. You never know. It, life is like a box of chocolates. You yes, never know what you're going to yes, get. That's true. <laughs> yes, that is so is. true. That is so yes, true. Yes, it is. Yeah. And I am, uh, I am not the type to uh, get a uh, sexual Whitman sample. <laughs> <laughs> Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Necro. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now, your hosts. Welcome to Meet the Pressers. My name is Clint Macro, and this is my distinguished co-host, Matt Mallory. Meet the Pressers is a safe place for trigger pressers and people with a defensive mindset to congregate, gather, and fellowship as we discuss training, guns, gear, gadgets, political activism, and politics. Matt, why don't you introduce our very special guest today? Most definitely. Thanks, Clint. Appreciate that. Today, we have a distinguished honor to have Craig Douglas, a long time waiting, getting him on the show. And we're glad that he could take the time out of his schedule. He is a retired law enforcement and the founder of ShivWorks. This episode is brought to you by Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Presser is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, McLean Corporation, ASP, Custom Poker Chip Company, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by these fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. It's an honor to be here, and I appreciate you guys making time for me. No problem, definitely. So, so what's uh, give give us a, a quick background on on your history? What brought you where you're at today? Ooh, my life story in uh, like thirty seconds or less. Yeah, like ele- elevator yeah. speech. <laughs> so, uh, I am a um, a retired police officer. Uh, I was uh, on the job from 1990 to 2011. The vast majority of my time was spent as a drug cop, a SWAT cop, or both simultaneously. Uh, I teach in uh, 40 states, 11 countries outside of the U.S., three branches of the U.S. military, five federal agencies, and have a small standing contract within a subset of the intelligence community. I'm best known for teaching niche problem-solving skills that are uh, not likely, but uh, they're deep drops as far as skill and and the, the way this, the, the, these topics kind of mesh together. So I teach uh, uh, basically entangled gunfight work. That's what does a what does a fight with a gun look like when it's a, a clinch or a uh, or a ground fight. I do knife work. I teach people how to do things like fighting cars, and I uh, do solo structure movements. So so probably the worst problem you can think of as far as being a tactician or someone carrying a gun. That's t- that's where I tend to dwell. Over all of your years from law enforcement to, to the training now, what kind of changes have you seen in the industry as far as people's personal security, 
uh, loonies coming out of the woodwork, stuff like that. Have you seen like a, a change or has it more been like a up and down all these years? Well, it's interesting to me. You know, I, I don't think of myself as an old timer in the industry, but my first open enrollment class to the public was 2003. Okay. So my brand has been active globally for what, 18 years now? Mm-hmm. Somewhere, yeah, 18 years, I guess. Um, where that time goes. So I, I've, I've seen a lot come and go in that time. I, I still compare to guys like Tom Givens and Ken Hackathorn and John Farnham. I, I think of myself as a young pup, I'm not young. But yeah, it, it's super interesting. The business has exploded, training is more available. Mm-hmm than it's ever been. And I think that's a good thing. Um, more people are engaging in training than they ever have. Um, it's, it's interesting to see what the internet and the age of communication has done for the training industry. And I've, I, it's kind of, I think probably we all have a love hate relationship with that, with the accessibility of information, but also the idea of, of vetting and verifying what's out there. So, you know, I still think, when it comes down to it, probably the best thing to do for a prospective student or someone in the business is to do a lot of work and, you know, uh, what I call the good dude barometer, you know, talk to people who have actually done neat space versus internet space with the instructors that are out there. And if you hear a guy say, that's a good dude, um, you probably pretty much know that that guy meets the threshold. So um, lots of interesting Trends uh, have come about and, and waned and waxed. You know, we saw the uh, the team-based city contractor trend probably in the middle 2000s. Mm. And, and that was a big thing with guys who are not in high-risk professions taking coursework that historically was open enrollment coursework that was available uh, mainly for team-based people. You know, we saw a big... Um, uh, explosion there. And that's fun. You know, it's cool. I, I, I certainly have no issues with the way guys spend their money, you know, but I think we saw people like that who would proclaim that they were training for the most likely scenario yeah. you know, or, or they were saying that they were complete and well-rounded in self-defense. And a lot of these guys couldn't take a punch or throw a punch. So I probably represent the other end of that spectrum, you know, the the entangled gunfight problem that has you rolling around in, uh, you know, uh, urine, beer, and broken glass on the ground trying to, you know, hold a knife away while you get rounds in a guy and don't shoot him or don't shoot yourself, yourself. send one off into the public. So uh, is that a likely scenario? Probably not. But at the same time, it represents one of those deep drops. So I think what we've seen is more and more um, – specialization we, we see a few guys in the business who have kind of taken over a particular niche I, i'd argue that probably uh centrifuge will petty has done that with cars and and things in and around cars he certainly dominated the domestic law enforcement market so hmm. yeah i think uh now you see more and more quality specialization that's available for average joes beyond just the CCW market and the basic two-day, 16-hour concealed carry class. So, and I think you see, um, you know, more and more quality work in these areas of specialization. So, it's a, it's really a golden age. It really is. I really like how you, uh, you know, you use the analogy that if if somebody 
referred somebody then that's kind of your litmus test to, to say okay well this this guy's probably good to train with before i started hosting people and i've had uh, larry vickers come out and i've got jeff gonzalez coming out in september to to do some uh, some training here in, in upstate new york where i'm at and uh, before I did that, I reached out to a friend in the industry who hosts a lot and asked him, well, if you could pick the top five people, who would it be? And Gibbons and Massad and John Farnham and Vickers. And those are the names that he was throwing out there. So and that, that's, that was yeah. kind of my go-to, my first list of people that I started reaching out to, to, to schedule them to come out and do, uh, you know, do some training here in upstate New York. Some of them said, I'm not going behind enemy lines and coming to New York. But, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and, and there you go. It's the good dude barometer. You reached yeah. out to someone personally in meat space that you know and trust. Yep. You said, hey, internet notwithstanding, what do you think? And I, and I still think largely business has done that way quite a bit. I know yeah. I've, I've gotten a lot of lucrative business that way and still do. So well, it's, I'm not it's, it's word yeah. of mouth. Well, from a, from a business standpoint, your best sales agent is a customer or someone you've interacted with that can speak highly of you. Indeed. That's much better than any advertisement you could buy or pay for. Definitely. You're talking about life-saving skills, uh, I mean, that's, that's very important to vet that out before you go and invest your money with a particular agent. Sure. Yeah, so, absolutely. Well, that's another reason I am I'm, I'm big on podcasts like this and, and I and I continue to do podcasts where really it's not about me selling myself but it's about me giving the person that watches this podcast the best sense of me yeah you know how yeah. I speak um do I misspeak do I say things off color am I politically correct am I somebody that that they want to spend time with do they find me particularly compelling or interesting yeah. I hold their attention. That's, that's what a podcast is for me. And I think, you know, um, more guys personally, that's how I, that's how I like to do these things. It's just give, give the viewer a sense of, of who I am and, you know, can I hold their interest? Well, that was the main reason Matt and I started this show. We run training businesses and Matt does civilian and law enforcement training. Me, I, I'm strictly civilian concealed carry. I, I keep things on that level. But we wanted to give ourselves an opportunity to, to showcase ourselves and so people could get a taste. You know, I've trained right. a lot of instructors for a few training organizations, uh, national training organizations, and I'll tell them, hey, put together a little one-hour presentation and go give it for free at the local church or at the Mason's Lodge or at the Lions Club. That will be giving back to the community, but then people will actually get a chance to start building that trust and that relationship with you, and you can sign them up for classes, man. It's a great opportunity. I agree. I agree. And you're getting reps. That's the yeah. other thing about it. You're getting reps. There's no, there's no substitute for reps. You can't social media experience. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. So reps, reps, reps. Absolutely. Running classes, small classes. Huh. Hey, it's Deb Sullivan from T1 Ammunition. We are the official sponsors of Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. We are also really big supporters of our Second Amendment rights, and we are currently taking orders for ammunition. We have 9mm223. We are shipping, and if you would go to our website, www.t1ammo.com, you can take a look at the website and you can place your orders there. This is Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Meet the Pressers. I always liked when I talk to people who I haven't trained with before, and I, I look forward to training with you at some point in time. Likewise. If you were to boil down your Kung Fu, whatever that is, 
What would you say is, is probably the most important thing you want a student to walk away from? Keeping in Ooh. mind, I totally get you train different types of contexts. You train law enforcement, military, you train civilians. But if there would be one thing to boil it down to, what would be the most important thing to take away from a class from Craig Douglas? The most important thing to take away from a class with me is learning. Can I use profanity on here or not? You can. Why not? Okay, why, the, why the hell not? The, okay. The most, uh, the most important thing that someone should take away from a class with me is learning and, and always emphasizing how do I keep it from getting shitty? So after 25 hours, 24 hours of my coursework over two and a half days, um, people have some pretty like profound, you know, introspection and contemplation because Everything we do is with heavy contact and marking cartridges and rubber knives and there are no role players and the evolutions as we call them, the validation exercises are competitive. So um, I really don't know what the outcome is going to be. I mean, I do generally, but like between two given people, you know, who I've observed all day and I think are equally matched, never know until you watch them and they don't know either. So, um, while it's not a real fight, it's an honest experience. And a lot of people, after having an honest experience where we simulate criminal assault, really don't like what happened. They really don't like the result. They really don't like and are not satisfied with their performance. And what the coursework does make people reflect on is, wow, based upon who I am and what I am right now, um, I really couldn't manage this problem. So maybe it's doubly important for me to never leave it to the uh, roulette wheel of death, you know, that I always emphasize things like awareness, avoidance, and deselection. Mm -hmm. And how do I really, really, really emphasize and live, don't let it get shitty? Had I not let my temper get the best of me? Had I not road rage? How do I not smart off in bars? Um, because the potential, you really don't know the potential until um, you do. Yeah. You really don't. So we, um, my coursework, every bit of my coursework, besides the actual skills and the strategy template I teach for how do you get a gun out in a clinch or a ground fight, um, all of my coursework is immersive and it's experiential and it's oppositional. So, you know, quickly, very quickly, and everybody sees everybody and everybody watches everybody, whether that worked, whether that didn't, whether you lost, whether you won. And I don't track it that way, you know, because that's not really what, what I'm supposed to do. But uh, I know the individuals do. Mm-hmm. So that would be the most important thing is um, don't, don't let it get there. Don't let it get there. And I don't really have to, honestly, I, I facilitate an experience. I don't really have to say a whole lot. Everybody knows. The coursework at this point is mature. It's pretty well dialed in. Uh, I finish 20, 24, 25 hours of training, plus or minus 10 minutes every day, plus or minus. So there's a cogent beginning, middle, and end. And, you know, um, the facilitate it, it works it does 
kind of goes yeah, into it's not so much. It's not so much me even at this point. It's um, it's it's the way that I've managed to yeah. fortunately construct the, the class. Flows on its own in a, in a sense because it does. Yeah, that's awesome. It, it kind of goes into that thought process. Like I'll say a lot is you know you'll you'll win a thousand percent of the fights you're not in, and if you're if you're put into some situation where you don't know, I mean, and, and I I don't care how big and Billy badass you are, you know, you can be beat, right? I mean, you could have a bad day. You could be sick. Somebody's a bad guy's not going to walk up to the front of you and say, Hey, I want to fight you mano a mano, especially if they think they can't beat you mano a mano. They're going to try to get you when you're not looking. It's not an MMA fight with a, with a referee, a cage and a timer to, uh, saving you. Uh, so, I mean, or even then, I mean, you know, just like uh, my buddy Paul Sharp says, you know, uh, right now you can't beat me with the rules. What makes you think you can beat me without yeah, it's fair. You know, so so even when we do set uh, an event up and simulate uh, a criminal assault, I mean, you know, you know, you're in it. You're not truly surprised. Yeah, you know, it's a uh, it's a simulation. It's artificial and a high degree of anticipation. You can't you can't yeah. you can't manage that particularly well. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I think um, that's the most important thing. Don't let it get shitty. I've seen a, a video of a martial arts master basically, basically saying something to the effect of, you know, if you're, and I've used this a few times in my classes over the years, you're walking down the street and if you just look at somebody and then they pop off, like, what are you looking at? Then you could simply just you know, change be like, Oh, I love your shirt. I thought I had the same shirt as you, or, you know, it makes, <laughs> you see Craig's and eyes we, open up. We go over, man, we, we actually have physical drill uh, to, practice a series of physical drills to practice verbal agility yeah and i have best practices and, and some theories on how to do that but you know and again it's one of those things that you pay lip service to right everybody says hey you gotta be able to talk right any out of anything and, and unless you've trained it it's not going to come out unless you've right. had actual instruction or you've tried it it's not going to come out so we spend a lot of time uh, physically teaching people and having actual progressive drill teaching you things like you know verbal agility and awareness and distance and and space management and, and how to do that now, i like the oh go ahead clint i was gonna say the verbal aspect is something that that i i in a class recognized that i had a lower level of competency in that than i thought i did uh we were doing some just simple communications and some uh and some uh, uh like challenges yeah. And I found myself standing there, not saying anything, thinking, what do I say? And it was one of those things that Matt always says, you know, the, the body can't go where the mind hasn't been. And I took for granted because normally I can communicate all day long. I actually like to hear myself speak. But right. in the context of that simulation that we are running, I was completely, duh, I couldn't think of anything to say. So no. incorporating that into training, I think, is a huge, huge positive thing. Because Especially one thing... One thing, whether we carry a gun, a knife, or nothing, we have our mouth, and we can use that as a tool of defense. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah Especially when there's unfamiliar intention. You know? I, I, so the, here's a good example of this. I teach people to use volume in a very, at a very specific point in a very specific way. When transitioning from asking someone not to do something to telling oh, someone not to do something, yep. between ask and tell. Yep. And one of the things I talk about between ask and tell is when we shift from ask to tell, we have to get the volume up a lot. If your yep. volume is normally at a two, it should go up to a 10. And yep. a way to think about this is 
This is like a bang without the flash. It should be jarring and it should be startling. Now demonstrate that and talk about that's how, how surprisingly, not for me, but, but for most people to try it for the first time, how surprisingly difficult that is to get average, well-adjusted people to do. Not police yeah. officers or soldiers or anybody from a broken home or, you know, the, yeah. but, but average, well-adjusted people. You can say, hey, get your voice up until you actually put them in scenarios where they have to raise their voice. They just can't do it. It's uncomfortable for them. They, and, and making people do it or, or people not realizing, hey, I'm not, I'm not raising my voice. Dude, yeah. I can't even hear. Come on, raise your voice. Right. I, thought I, was, I thought I was loud. <laughs> and then and they'll watch a video of themselves. That's another thing about, you know, having immediate feedback available. You watch a video of yourself and you're like, you know, right. wow. Camera, really camera don't lie sometimes. Right. Yeah, so um, that asks, I'm, that I'm a big fan of teaching those soft skills. I, I really am. I, you know, I spent two years uh, doing undercover work when I was in narcotics would be 11. Then I spent working narcotics and uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of those, those skills of, yeah. of those soft skills. That ask, tell, make mentality. I try to get that across to my students too. It, it just, it's so profound to see somebody who's, you know, a, a stay at home mom that the most they do is yell at the kid or something like right. that. You know, and I try to, I try to give them real life scenarios. Like, well, what would you do if somebody was kidnapping your kid? Are you going to ask them? Or, yep. No, what are you going to do? You're going to scream. Well, I want to see you scream now. Sure. Now. I mean, they sure. look around like, really? I'm like, yeah. I mean, if you're not, if you're not training like you're actually going to fight, then why are we doing this? And budgeting training time out of, you know, how, how much training time do you budget doing that? 20 minutes? 20 minutes out of, out of, out of, out of a day that yeah. you have available or two days that you have available with, some, from, with someone? So I, I think, uh, you know, yeah, stuff like that goes towards, you know, experience, curriculum development, you know, how you spend and budget your time between, you know, the, the, the actual range and things that are as important that are not range things. So, yeah. So when you're, when you're doing these, these evolutions, is that what you call it? The evolution? Yes, that's the validation exercise for the day's training. Okay, so that the stimulus for the person experiencing that is another student who you're pitting against one another, correct? Correct. So during the training process, are you a big fan of using lots of visualization or do you give your students the stimulus to respond or react? Oh, no, they're, I'm, they're getting plenty of stimulation from each other. You know, in other words, uh, a, a, a potential problem and I drive, there, there are different phases of this, like in, a, like in a, the, the flagship course is called Extreme Close Quarter Concepts, ECQC. And I describe that on the website as an overview of functional handgun skills at zero to five feet, which requires an interdisciplinary approach to examining that problem. So we draw from a bunch of different disciplines to come up with a holistic appropriate outcome. Um, so after we get to a certain point, for example, in the last day of the course, we are doing full spectrum evolutions where it may start with an encroachment problem. So in other words, we'll form a, a circle of people, they'll put on the gear, one person may be there and another person starts approaching them and they, they can do whatever they want, they can say whatever they want, you know, and depending on how they feel, I give them permission to act in their emotional state, they can branch it any way they see fit. So there's not a set script. So, so an evolution may begin with a guy, if he's, if he's doing it correctly, um, with a guy who, who approaches with 
good intentions. Okay, in my mind, I'm the guy that's approaching that has a broken down vehicle and I'm, I'm looking to the sky to get a jump, you know. And you approach that person, the guy with the gun, the person who's the focus of the evolution, okay, and you say to them, hey, excuse me, sir, don't mean to bother you. Is there any way you could, like, you have any jumper cable? And he immediately overreacts and says something like, back the f- up! And he right. clears his jacket and goes for his gun. In a, in a scenario like that where if somebody does something inappropriate, if the person making the encroachment feels pissed off or wants to pick a fight with a guy, I'll let him do that. Mm-hmm. If on approaching someone the same way, your your script, your role in mind is that this guy just, just dinged your car and you walk up and you're like, you mother I saw you ding that car. You're going to pay for it and the guy says something very adroit that takes the wind out of his sails like hey man you're absolutely right i wasn't paying attention my kid's in the hospital he's in stage four of cancer right now i'm distracted and i did not mean to be disrespectful and and that person emotionally within the evolution just kind of wills yep so there are no set outcomes and i may call i may call uh, an evolution Without, and I'm the guy that controls the action. So I may call an evolution without a gun being drawn or a shot being fired. Or I may call an evolution with a dude on the ground who was ass whipped by two guys and shot with his own handgun. You don't know. So you have to use every facet of problem solving from, you know, verbal agility to possibly a trigger press to possibly some Brazilian jiu-jitsu to possibly some, some post fight procedures to solve the problem. You know, and uh, we we observe. Everybody observes what everybody does. We talk about it, and we try and come up with a consensus on whether it's good or bad. And what's interesting is that you know most of the people that come to these classes are it's a relatively homogenous group. You know, most everybody's pro two A and and believes in the right of self defense, regardless of where they lean on the political spectrum. And what's interesting to me is that when we get out in a cornfield or a dirt pit and we do this stuff, primitive actions, not sophisticated, yeah. but uh, we, we do this stuff and, and we talk about what we did quite often. We can't come to a consensus about what, what one of our peers did in that moment was good or bad as far as using force. So I, I think stuff like that and injecting and driving training with ambiguity I think that's that's super important because I mean it gives people time to think about hey what is a jury, yes. what are they going through, yes. you know? Because everybody here kind of kind of believes the same, looks the same, sounds the same. What, what is a jury going? A jury of yeah. your peers? Yeah. yeah. Re- what, what is deemed reasonable is very different from that group to what is potentially on someone's jury for sure. Exactly. So so that's that's kind of that's kind of how they go. I, I the stimulus is is them there's not there's not a plan there's not time to come up with a plan yeah you know what to do or you don't and if you're looking to see what happens next that's the worst place to be so leading up to that evolution that that opportunity for people to test their skill in context uh do you start off with slow repetitions of particular skills or tactics yeah, so I teach a um, <clears throat> I teach a, a strategy template called Managing Unknown Contacts, uh, which is basically to to keep things from getting shitty. We then look at about probably three and a half, 
half a day, half a day of range time uh, as far as, you know, uh, where the gun needs to be and what you need to be doing with it and the support hand and so on. If it gets to that range, we build a base of Greco-Roman wrestling modified um, for uh, guns and knives. We put that stuff together. We have a crawl, walk, run progression where we take the modified range content with the modified wrestling with the best tactics and strategies for not letting it get shitty and put that together and then increasingly add more stress and pressure. So I tend to run long days. My days are uh, about 11 hours, but 11 hour days. Uh, ECQC is six to 10 Friday night, eight to seven on Saturday and eight to seven on Sunday. I I think those long days can be very beneficial because it ultimately allows people to really kind of maybe see how they would respond more under the stress of a dynamic critical incident where they don't have all their faculties about them. They're physically drained. drained, uh, And perhaps, perhaps that lets them see their own competency a little bit more realistically, perhaps. Oh yeah. There's no doubt. I'm Michael Bain and I'm here on meet the pressers with Matt and Clint, because you know, those guys are just plain cool. I think a lot of people, when they get that concealed carry course and they choose to put the gun on, they, they don't look at it in the respect of, man, what, what do I do if I can't use the gun? Or if maybe using the gun isn't the best idea. You know, if you're in that close, one thing I learned, and, and you can please comment on this, getting the gun out probably isn't necessarily the best thing to do unless you have complete control over what that other person is doing. Yeah, the, uh, the issue of timing. And what we call a timing decision within chivalrous methodology is that's the art and science of, of doing this correctly. And you travel the country and do the courses, I'm assuming, or do you have a, a mainstay? Yeah, I'm on, no, I'm on the road about uh, 42 weeks out of the year. Like I said, I, uh, I teach in, um, I'll get two new states this year. So I'm up to 42 states. Cool. Are you in New York at all? Oh, yeah. As a retired police officer, I think I'm one of the few guys that actually will travel, you know, behind the Iron Curtain and go to places like New York, New Jersey, because I've done just to do so. Yeah, and, and mill guys generally don't, so they yeah. avoid places like that. So with your class, do you have people meet a standard prior to taking the class? You said it's all immersion. So are, they, are have they-, to, uh, they have to be safe from the holster. That's the only thing they have. They have to show me some kind of documentation of a – Handgun 101 class from the okay. guy, uh, and as long as they're safe from the holster, everything else, you know, they've drawn and fired from a holster before. As long as they're safe from the holster, everything else is is I can te- I can I can work with them because ECQC is not. It's really not about teaching them how to shoot. That's not what I'm for. But it's to it's to teach them how to adapt shooting to a very specific problem that of entanglement confined and crowded space, you know? So, um, there's really no prep for ECQC and there's no requirement for ECQC other than you, you need to be safe coming out of the holster. Right. I have four, I have four open enrollment courses, four staple courses. Uh, I've got the knife version of that course. I have a solo structure movement course called Amos arm movement structures. And then I have a vehicle class and those are the four, that I, and I don't do anything else. Those are the four that I teach open enrollment. I have specialty courses that I teach uh, to, to dot gov and, you know, closed coursework and clients. But um, those, it, it, those four courses keep me plenty busy. 
we appreciate you coming on. Definitely, uh, right. uh, it was fun and very informative. Absolutely. How can people how can people find out more about you? Look you up, stalk you, take your courses, all that good. So stuff. if you yeah, if you uh, to track me on the training schedule, go to www.shivworks.com. That's my website. Uh, I'm all over social media. I'm South Narc on Instagram. Uh, there's the Shivworks and Shivworks alumni page on Facebook. That's of uh, fairly active and then I'm on a couple of different forums like Pistol Forum. I, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm pretty if you put in Craig Douglas or South Dark or Shivworks you'll in, in a Google search engine you'll pop me up. Hey this is Royce host of Shooting Straight on WMMB and iHeartRadio and this is Meet the Pressers with my buddy Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Meet the Pressers. Right. Well, it's been an honor to have you on the show. I thank yeah, man, you very thank much you for your guys. time. I appreciate it. It was easy to do, and, you know, you guys are fun. All right. Have a safe night. All right, thank you, care. boys. All right, you too. Bye. Bye. There's a lot of sponsors that make this show possible, like Mantis. Make sure you check them out and give them your business. This episode is brought to you by Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Presser is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, McLean Corporation, ASP, Custom Poker Chip Company, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by these fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Thanks for watching the show. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, click the little bell, Come on Patreon, help support us that way. Come to one of our classes or host us. We can come to you and do one of our courses at your location. So until next time, adieu. Thank you for watching Meet the Pressers. 